Welcome to the Elevate Effect podcast, where we give you the resources to take you from workloads to workflows. I'm your host, Courtney. I'm an online systems educator for coaches. Fueled by cold brew and a love for watching endless reruns of Friends, I'm here to give you the tools and the support you need to scale your business and take back charge of your life and your time. So pour yourself a cup of coffee or a glass of wine and let's do the damn thing. Okay, everybody, I am so excited for today's episode because we are with Yasmin, who is an attorney and legal advisor for startups. And we're going to be talking about all things legal today, which I'm personally super excited about because I feel like this is an area that sometimes we neglect, but is absolutely crucial in the foundation of a successful business. So I would love for you to start out by telling everybody a little bit about yourself, how you got started and where you ended up today and how how that journey uh, fleshed out for you. Hey, Courtney. Thank you for having me. I'm so happy to be here and I would love to share more about what we've got going on and how I got to doing all the things that I'm doing today, which is very different than the traditional path of an attorney. So as you mentioned, I'm an attorney. I work with entrepreneurs and I started my entrepreneurial journey on back in 2016 with my law firm. So I launched my law firm and was providing legal services to entrepreneurs. So helping people get their legal foundation in place from their entities. So LLCs and corporations, having the right contracts in place with your clients, with your team members and protecting your intellectual property. So IP, like your trademarks, your copyrights, et cetera. So it's, as you mentioned, very important. It's certainly not a luxury. It's a necessity despite, yeah, (laughs) despite popular belief, it is a necessity. You know, it's one of those things that you can cut corners in and you might not face an immediate consequence or see an immediate, you know, negative result. I like to say that legal stuff brews over time. So, you know, you might cut the corners now. It's kind of daunting. (laughs) It is. It is a bit daunting, but you know, the solution is to be proactive and not wait to be reactive. So I started my entrepreneurial journey as an attorney, had my law firm selling legal services, working with entrepreneurs. I absolutely loved it. It was a great experience. And I found over time that a lot of people in the early stages of their businesses did not have the money to invest in legal services. They just were not in a position to put up, you know, 5,000 plus dollars in getting their entity formed getting the contracts drafted that they needed, receiving the consultation and the education that they need to go into entrepreneurship with confidence, with security, with the protection that they need and deserve. And so I started creating more content online, started educating folks, started hosting online Q&As to answer these commonly asked questions, to share this information. And then ultimately that came to starting a whole new business, which is called Coaches and Company. So we are a media company and an education-based company that provides resources like our legal contract templates. So that is our main offering, downloadable contract templates that our lawyer created. They're industry specific. So they're designed specifically for those that are selling services online as coaches, consultants, selling courses and uh, digital products. If you're hosting workshops, either in person or online, if you're going into, uh, if you're working with corporate clients and hosting trainings with them, we've got all of those contracts instantly downloadable, 
as I mentioned, industry specific. And we understand, and when we are creating these products, we really understand the nature of these relationships that we're creating because working with a client today is very different than it was working with a client 20 years ago and selling services 20 years ago, you know? So that's something that we pride ourselves on, that we really have our finger on the pulse of digital business, selling services and digital products. And we've created products that support those that want to enter entrepreneurship in this unique way. I'm so excited about the time that we are existing in right now, because I feel like it's such a unique time. The internet has completely revolutionized entrepreneurship in a way that I don't think anybody could have imagined. The barriers are down, the barriers to entry are down, accessibility is at the forefront, and I'm really happy to be a part of that. So I launched that in, it was 2020. It was, we were in development when the pandemic hit and I was like, holy shit, like, what are we <laughs> to do? But okay, let's keep going. Like, Just I'm keep pushing forward. This is going to work. That was it. That yeah. was it. I was like, I'm very confused. I, there's so much unpredictability right now. We don't know what's going on, but we know, you know, what we're doing and who we're doing this for. And even with the pandemic and the whole world physically shutting down, there really was nothing in our way. We were able, we still, thankfully, I don't know what I would do without an internet connection. Thankfully, we still had an internet yes. connection. <laughs> Knock on wood. I hope that ever happens. But... Please, never. Yeah. yeah, like, I don't know what would happen. I feel yeah. like we'd have much bigger issues yes, in that uh-huh. <laughs> but, but yeah, it was, you know, there, even though the whole world shut down, there really wasn't anything in our way at that point. So we launched summer 2020 and it's been incredible. It's been so much fun. I love you know, supporting the people that we support and watching people make these things come to life. Like, I don't know how how else to describe it. You know, all of these things are materializing. People are creating brands, creating new businesses, leveraging their skill sets, abilities that prior they believed they could only bring value to a corporation or in a corporate setting, but they're recognizing that, wow, okay, I can really leverage these skills that I've developed. I can leverage my abilities. I can support a different kind of person, you know, or a different kind of business. I'm not limited to what I was always told I could only do. And I can relate to that as an attorney. I was working with, I worked at a law firm prior to starting my own law firm. And let me just say in a nutshell, the traditional practice of law was not for me. I was like, I got to get out of here. Yep. I get, (laughs) it's a nice knowing you guys. Thanks for your time, but I'm going to have to pass. Exactly. (laughs) Like, you know what? I love this for you, but for me. Yeah, it's just not going to work. It's not going to work. Yeah. So, yeah. But I can totally relate to that because that's exactly, you know, where I was. I started my business in 2017, but it was the same thing. I was like back in corporate after I had been working at a tech startup and I was like, I can't do this. Like, this is not my lifestyle. This is not the type of work I want to be doing. And that was the exact question I asked myself was, what do I love doing and what am I good at? And how can I monetize this in an online space? And I am like, I want to have a plan with everything that I do. And obviously like entrepreneurship kind of laughs in your face when it comes to making a plan, because then it's just going to pivot and like, you have to do something different. But one of the things that I knew I wanted my very first purchase in my business was legal templates because I was so scared to get sued by somebody. I was like, I can't be sued. Like I can't do this. You know, I couldn't do it. And so I remember I used my Amex card and I was like one of my, like, I think I spent $500 on uh, some templates for like one-on-one services and consulting. 
And I was like, I can't believe I'm spending this much money on something. And, but I know this is the right thing to do. And that was literally my first purchase when I started my business besides my LLC. Um, nice. That That's an investment, income. baby. Oh my gosh, it was. And, you know, and I was, you know, it all ended up working out, but yeah. that, you know, I, I can really resonate to, you know, how you were feeling and, and how, I mean, rewarding to, it has to feel to like, see, like you said, working with other entrepreneurs in this space and seeing their ideas materialize into something truly amazing. Like you're there at the beginning steps, typically the beginning steps. I and mean, we have some stragglers, I'm sure that come in and like, Oh crap, I forgot to templates, legal stuff. Definitely. Yeah. But you know, hopefully for the most part, people that are just coming in brand new and, and getting started with something. And it's really, really cool to see, like see that evolution for everybody. So, you know, I know a lot of entrepreneurs that they'll hear the word legal and it can seem like this big mountain of ambiguity that we don't really know how to pro and that can be really intimidating. And we can obviously resonate with that too, with systems too, because nobody really like systems aren't the sexy fun side of business, right? Nobody's like, I want to set up systems for my business. That doesn't really happen. <laughs> um, and so we have to like kind of prove ourselves a little bit like, Hey, we're cool too. Like we, we can be fun. And just like all the other people, you're um, literally describing my entire existence. We promise we're just as fun. And 10 times more important, right? Like the super important yeah. things for running your yeah. business. Um, foundational. Foundational. Absolutely. And what tips would you give business owners who are really wanting to make sure that their business is legally secure, but don't know where to get started? Mm, okay. So not to, you know, hit you with the big one right out the door. Yeah. But... I was going to say there's so much, yeah, there, there's so much that question. I could share here for sure, yeah. for sure. But it's a great question and it's a common question. You know, where do I get started? I mean, okay. I'm ready to face the legal stuff. Yes. Mm -hmm. Wow. There's a lot of legal stuff. Yes. Like, okay, well, <laughs> I want I to, yeah. Where do you start? So our framework is a three-part framework. It is your business entity. That's number one. Number two is your intellectual property. And number three are your contracts. So those are the three places. And those are the three things that it's really important for you to understand. And before, you know, you stick your head in the sand, you're like, la, 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 I can't hear you. Like, listen, <laughs> it's not so many other people have grasped this information and so many other people have taken the steps necessary to protect their business legally. So if you're listening to this, I want you to know that you are more than capable of doing this. You are more than capable of taking the steps that you need to be proactive in protecting what it is that you're building and protecting yourself because it's the wild, wild west out here. Anything could happen. You know, there's people certainly get sued. People certainly have to, you know, pay damages or, you know, whatever worst case scenario you can imagine it's possible. But what's more likely is that you take the few steps needed to get a legal foundation in place so that you can be proactive and not wait to be reactive because waiting to be reactive is always more expensive. It's more time consuming. It's more energetically consuming. It's consuming of your focus. It's all of your business is worthy of all of that. You just don't want to be spending it on that damage control. You'd rather be investing in your business from money and time and energy perspective in growing your business, nurturing your business, pouring into your business. So that's our, our three-part framework focuses on forming that entity, getting your, having an understanding of your intellectual property and protecting it appropriately, and then having the right contracts in place. So briefly to go over that with your entity, you could either have an LLC or a corporation, whichever you decide to go with, it serves that same purpose at the end of the day of providing a liability protection between you and your business. So when you start doing business, let's say you don't form a business entity, you just go into it 
and you sign your first client, you are signing that client as yourself, as the individual. And so you are your business and your business is you. It's one in the same. Another word for this is a sole proprietorship. So that's what the IRS will call it. And what your secretary of state at your state level, if you're in the US, what they'll call it is a sole proprietorship. And what that means is you are your business and your business is you. You do have this standalone quote unquote brand. Maybe it's something that is separate from you, but from a legal standpoint, it's all the same. So that means your assets personally and your business assets are one in the same, your personal liability and your business liability, one in the same, your tax liability and your business's tax liability, all one in the same. Whereas if you form a business entity, so you form an LLC or a corporation that is in the eyes of the law, a citizen on its own. So you're creating something that is separate from you. And that means that you want to make sure you're also separating your finances. You're separating your taxes. You're separating your legal obligations. So when you sign a contract in within the scope of your business, you're not signing it personally. You're signing it as a representative of the business entity. And so what that can do is one, it provides legitimacy to your business. Two, it creates that limited liability protection. So in the event that something transpires in your business. So a client is claiming damages for whatever reason, maybe a team member is disgruntled, maybe you accidentally or intentionally committed infringement of some sort. If that's within the scope of your business, if there's no entity in place, then your personal assets could be up for grabs or you personally could be on the hook as opposed to your business being responsible as a citizen or as an individual on their own. So you can see the immediate benefits of having an LLC or a corporation in place. Here's the kicker is a lot of people think I'm going to file the paperwork and I'm good. And that's it. That's all I need to do. You have to treat it like it's separate too. So no commingling the funds. Don't pay your you know mortgage or your rent out of your business account or your personal phone out of your business account or go shopping out of your business account. Don't pay business expenses out of your personal account. Keep them very, keep them entirely separate and treat them as though they are separate because if it comes down to it and a judge in a court is looking at the facts of the situation and you're saying, well, my personal, I'm not personally involved. Like this is just my business because I have an LLC. The court might look at that and say, well, yes, you have an LLC, but you didn't treat it like it was an LLC. You, you were acting as though it was all one in the same. So we're going to treat it as though it's all one in the same. So yeah, having an entity is, I would say, yeah, it's super important. And many times it's step one. A lot of people ask, when is the right time to form an entity? You know, I'm still in the early stages. My personal recommendation is before you accept a dollar from anyone, is that you have an entity in place so that it's one, your books can be really clean. Your taxes can be really clean from a financial standpoint. And then from a liability standpoint, you know that you're covered. It's like having an insurance policy, yeah, right? You know, it's like, okay, wh when does the coverage begin? The coverage begins when you form it. And so you want it to be before any business activity unfolds. Now, if you're not in a position to do that, you know, it's not, to, there's no legal obligation to form your entity before you start doing business. Some people are of the mindset, you know, I want to validate my idea. I want to validate the concept. I want to see if I enjoy doing this. So personal decision, my, my preference is, and my recommendation generally is before you start doing business, have that entity formed. And yeah, so, so bravo on you for having that, that being first thing out the it gate. It was mostly because I was so terrified. Because <laughs> like, <laughs> I'm so scared to like jump ship, like leave my corporate job, start my own business. And I didn't want anything bad to happen. That, like you said, will like keep me on the hook personally responsible for something when I was 23 years old, you know, I didn't want that to happen. So I started with an LLC and then I also read the book Profit First. And so I had immediately also set up the 
the bank accounts for my business only kept it separate. Like I was like, I, I'm, I'm so, I was overly, probably overly cautious, but by the book. Yeah. I, like I was it. by the book. <laughs> it was I like it. I read profit first too, in my first year of business. And I opened the bank accounts. I still have the bank. I, I do too. I still up. use, yeah. I still use those bank accounts and that's still like, for the most part, how we kind of like shift things around. But obviously as we've grown, we've had to make adjustments, but you know, you were talked about, you know, things that could possibly happen. Like you said, you know, people for would have to pay a pay dues for infringement or, you know, anything like that. So what would you consider some like the legal landmines that you see business owners typically run into that could negatively affect their business? Um, and like you said, being proactive, obviously step one is to like have those contracts, the, the business entities in place and things of that nature. But what do you typically see being those first oops moments for clients? Sorry to interrupt this episode, but this will be real quick. So we we all know that the legal side of your business can be daunting. So I wanted to share with you guys a quick solution you can legally use to protect your business with ease. So my friends over at Coaches & Company have created lawyer approved plug in and play templates specifically for online coaches and business owners. If you know you've been building a business on a shaky legal foundation, it's really time for an upgrade. They have legal contracts for one-on-one -on -one coaching, group coaching, digital courses and products, and so many more. All you have to do is go to their shop in the link below in the show notes and check it out. Alrighty, now let's get back to the show. That's a great question. So, and, and that brings us really nicely into the second part of our framework. So like I said, it's that three-part framework, your business entity, your intellectual property, and your contracts. Those truly are the foundational pillars. And so something that I see happening all the time is intellectual property related. So a shortened term is IP for intellectual property and intellectual property is those are assets that are not necessarily tangible. You can't physically touch them. It's not like a vehicle or a house or a watch or something that can be held. It's intellectual property that is intangible, but it holds value. And that might be in a written format. That might be in a visual format. That might be in an audio format. That might be your brand name or logo as identifiers of your, of your company. And all of those hold value from an IP standpoint. And so something that I see happening... Uh, two things come to mind in terms of legal landmines. One is deciding on a business name before doing a trademark search. So you want to do a clearance search to clear the name. If you decide, okay, I want to name my company this, or my brand this, or I want to have this slogan as our tagline, right? You want to make sure that you're not infringing on anybody else by using those names. And some people, the thought never crosses their mind. But what can end up happening is if I decide, you know, your business, we are systems up, right? So we are systems up. Maybe I'm like, hmm, I want to create a similar agency, but I'm going to call it just systems up, you know, or, or maybe, you know, I want to start a coffee company and I'm going to call it Starbuckles, you know, like <laughs> something that's like, yeah. it's like different. It's not exactly the same, but it's different. So, so there isn't anything exactly the same out there. And here's the thing that people don't know is that even if the trademark is not exactly the same, it can still bear what is called a likelihood of confusion. So if it's close enough in terms of the name itself and the services are related or the products are somehow related, even if they're not exactly the same, there can be, still be a trademark infringement issue. So so you want to do a trademark clearance search before you decide on your name, before you start investing in all the marketing materials and building your website and your social media platforms and, and announcing it to the world. Before you do all of that, you want to do a trademark clearance search. 
You want to search on Google or Bing if that's your thing. I hear Bing is killing it these days. They're Honestly, doing something. I'm They're trying. Thing. They won't. They will not go down without a fight. It sounds like no. <laughs> so do a search online. Search on social media. If there's any other platform where people selling something similar might be active. So if you're a physical product business, maybe your people are on Amazon. If it's an education business, maybe they're on Udemy or something. Maybe they're on Etsy, you know, whatever platform they might be on. Search for that trademark and search keywords related to your niche and see if anything's coming up. And if anything is similar, I would consider that a red flag and I would go in a different direction. So that's one thing that I see a lot of people doing unintentionally because by the time they realize it, they've invested a lot in their branding and their marketing and their website and all the things. And they might even face, if the other party is litigious, they might be facing some sort of litigation or some sort of legal action against them. And worst case scenario is you have to go to court and defend yourself and all this. I feel like it's equally worst case scenario, but I guess it's not as bad as going to court is ha- just going through a whole rebrand, Yeah, you know, because oh, you've gosh. invested so much. I know I shudder like, at the, the middle, thought. Yeah. We're li- in the middle of one right now. And I'm like, I couldn't imagine like if we had gotten done and somebody's like, oh, actually, no, you have to change yeah. everything. <laughs> so much time, yeah. energy and money spent in a rebrand. That's bad. Yeah. 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 So that's why I'm like, avoid this at all costs. Do a clearance search. Another thing is using images or audio without permission of the copyright holder. So, so trademarks are those source identifiers. That's your brand name, your logo, your slogan, your tagline. It's like the label on the packaging is your trademark. It identifies the source of whatever it is you're selling. And then what's inside the packaging are your copyright assets. So those are the two kinds of IP and you've got your written content, your visuals, so video, photography, graphic design, and then audio, so any audio recordings. So, you know, if you find a picture on Pinterest or on Google, that doesn't mean you can use it just because it's on the internet. You can't throw it up on your website. You can't throw it up on social media. If you find, you know, somebody's content online that you really love and you want to use it to promote your own product or service, you need to pay them a licensing fee. That's the bottom line, you know? And so a lot of people think if it's on the internet, it's up for grabs or just, you know, I can just use it however I want. That's not the case, my friend. That will land you in the infringement zone. Yeah, you don't want to be in the hot water. Yeah. And so, so those are two things that I would say are fairly common, especially in the early stages, because you just don't know what you don't know, you know? And so sometimes people make those mistakes without having the knowledge that they need in the early stages. And then- I would say finally, and it's that third pillar of our framework is the contracts, you know, entering into business relationships without all the terms in writing. I like to say that if you have a professional relationship that you're entering into and there isn't something in writing, then it ends up being a situationship where everything is up for negotiation. In my opinion, worst case scenario, if you're doing business with someone, whether they're a client or they're a team member, if you don't put the terms of the relationship in writing, if you don't have your own policies in writing, everything's up for negotiation. You know, so I'm working with a client. I don't have a client contract in place, but we agreed that I'm going to provide one, two, and three, and they're going to pay me X amount of dollars. And that's really all we agreed to. Okay. So what happens if they're asking for additional services outside the that, that original scope? What happens if 
every call that you've scheduled, they're needing to reschedule and you had a set number of calls that you intended and that you budgeted for. What happens if their payment is late? What happens if, you know, they want to license the content that you're creating for them, if you're creating content and it's like, well, we never agreed on the terms of that. So it's coming to those terms, coming to agreement on those terms early on. And that way you can confidently execute on the project or whatever service it is that you're providing and confidently reference the contract as questions come up throughout the course of the relationship, because the questions will come up. You're either going to have a contract to reference or you're not, you know, and if you don't have a contract to reference, it's all just negotiation at that point. All right, well, let's talk about it now, I guess. Yeah, let's figure out what is my late conversation I would want to have. That's not something I would want to chat about. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, definitely not. And then, you know, of course, you want to make sure you have the right disclaimers in place in your contract, making it clear what their expectations are. You know, I'm sure you've got tons of thoughts on, you know, managing client expectations. It's important, oh, yeah. you know, and, and your contract can be a way to do it. It's constantly evolving too. Like it's not something that's just done. We're constantly evaluating our process. Like just this week, you know, we hit, you know, hit up a point on a project where like, man, I feel like we could have like phrased this differently or like worded the expectation of this phase in the project differently to be even more clear than it is. Right. And it's constant. And so we bookmarked that or flagged it for after the project's wrapped up. So we can go back and re-review our expectations, any documentation we're providing, what we have included in our contract so that it is exceptionally clear to a client at the point before they're even onboarded as a client, what expectations are, what project scope is, what our deliverables are, what they can expect in terms of communication, just because the more proactive you are, like you've talked about, the more it keeps you out of that hot water in, in a situation, because you always have something to go back and reference, you know, to cover that, that conversation if it were to come up. And obviously like those are conversations none of us really want to have to have. And so I would much rather like be doing our due diligence and reviewing our processes and things that we are doing for our clients to make sure that we're hitting those roadblocks or seeing them like kind of like the Titanic. They should have seen, saw the iceberg. We're seeing that iceberg. It's, it's the tips approaching and we don't want to hit it. Right. And so how can we make sure to, to avoid in situations like that? So totally, totally agree to like just being proactive in general, in general, without, you know, having to ever jump into reactive mode or putting fires out mode, I think is just like such a key to like so many different levels of stress that we just do not need to unlock in our business. Absolutely. <laughs> so, yeah, I totally, I, I totally agree. And, you know, kind of like pivoting the conversation a little bit, just because you're obviously a business owner on top of like, you have all this great legal information, but you're also running an entire business as well. That is your business. So, you know, I always like to talk a little bit about tech and, you know, systems on our, on our podcast, just because that's obviously what we do. And our team, we're big ClickUp fans over here. It's our favorite and we couldn't run our business without it. So I'm curious to know, you know, what are some of maybe your top platform recommendations for business owners or that you guys personally use that has just changed the game for you guys as business owners in a remote space? And how do you feel like that's helped manage this, this template shop that you're running, since that's, you know, the main driver of your business, what are you guys using that you feel like has been very helpful? Yeah. Well, scoot over and make room because I'm also here for ClickUp. Yeah. Like that. I got I'll hard share, for ClickUp. I guess. Yeah. <laughs> I love ClickUp. ClickUp is amazing. Truly. I mean, and, and let me just say, Courtney did not pay me to say this. It's, yeah. It's and this wonderful. was not a, a paid partnership by any means. It is own, not. Own free will. It, yeah. No, ClickUp is amazing. I mean, 
it changed the game for us because we, yes, we are a template shop, but I, I don't really identify us as a template shop. That's our main offering, but we create content. You know, that is the bulk of our operations. It's because our temp, our products are available instantly downloadable. We're not rendering a service on an ongoing basis. And so the bulk of our operations is of course, customer service. We want to make sure, you know, sometimes people have technical issues. So we're always on standby to support on, on the customer service side. And then the rest of our operations are really, how can we create more content to support people? How can we get more of this information to people? Because there are foundational things that you need to be aware of when it comes to the legal stuff and starting a business and the education piece of it, like kind of what we were talking about previously about we have sometimes like systems could be a hard sell because it's not something that, you know, people are really looking for, but you have to have that education piece as to why it's important for people to purchase. Absolutely. You know, and a lot of it, I guess, could be a paid offer. It could be a paid educational product, but I'm like, I want to get this to every, like, you need to yes. know this even yeah. before you can, you can make a serve decision more on people at need. this capacity. Yeah. Like you can serve more people. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. So ClickUp is a great tool for us to manage our content management process um, and workflows. And we also use it for our affiliate program. So our affiliate program is, is we were talking about this earlier, you know, it's one of my favorite parts of the business because we're able to partner with people that are supporting entrepreneurs we're able to reach more entrepreneurs and help them get the right contracts that they need in place. And so ClickUp, I'm a fan of ClickUp. It's the best. I really like, I could talk about ClickUp for literally 10 podcast episodes just because there's so much to share because it's so it's amazing. so robust. Yeah. Um, it really is. It is such a robust platform. Um, and it's just the ability to be so customizable to your business's needs, I think is why it's so game-changing because it's not putting you into a box of how you have to run your operational systems in your business. So I think that's one of my, like the biggest reasons I love it. So I know that we're approaching time and I want to make sure that people know how to get in touch with you. How do they get in touch? Where's the best place if they're interested in your templates? Where do they go? Give us give us all information on what they need to get started. Yeah. So if you're listening to this and you're like, oh my gosh, I don't even know where to begin. We have a legally launched handbook that you can download for free. It gives you the rundown from A to Z so you can get some clarity and and gain that education as an entrepreneur. You can download that at www.coachesandcompany.com and click on legally launch. And that's where you can find us online. So you can buy our products if you're ready to get your contracts in place. And we're on Instagram at coachesandcompany. My name is a bit long, but I'm sure it will be in the show notes. So you can connect <laughs> yes. with me on Instagram too. And I also like to hang out on Twitter at hello. It's Yasmin. So thank you for having me, Courtney. Yes. Amazing. And for everybody listening, all of that will be linked in the show notes. So you guys have quick and easy access to get in contact, but thank you so much for having, uh, joining us. We're obviously like your wealth of knowledge and we could just chat forever, but you have been incredible and so, so valuable. So thank you so much for, for taking the time to join us today. Thank you. Thanks so much for joining me for another episode of the Elevate Effect podcast. If you liked what you heard, share the episode with your best friend, team member, or even your dog. If you have a minute, leave a review below or DM me on Instagram to let me know what you want to hear on the podcast next. Thanks again, and I can't wait to see you next week.